joining me now on Hunkering Down with Peter Schorsch is one of my longtime friends in the process. Um, I remember the first time we did, we had like a business meeting, I think it was at Universal, um, and you have been a uh, Universal, uh, one of their resorts, you've been a big supporter ever since that, and that was, gosh, going on seven years ago. Jennifer Green of Liberty Partners of Tallahassee. How are you? I'm good, Peter. Thank you. Thank you. And yes, it does seem like it was, um, it seems like it was longer than that. Do you ever like look on those like Facebook memories that pop up, which we love because we get to see like, you know, dated photos of Ella Joyce and where we just say, oh, do you remember what she looked like? And it's like, now you look at something that happened in 2016 which is only four years ago, but you're like, wow, that was four years ago. And it's just like the world has changed so much just in four or five years. And we look at those photos and Ella's all grown up, obviously, but it's like, it's just like a, a different, different era, in fact, when you're looking at them right now. Sure. Or you, or you look at what you're wearing and you're like, oh, thank God I got rid of that top or I got rid of that suit. <laughs> I, it's I, uh, I, 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 I like to tell Michelle, I really, like, I think she looks even better today than she did. Not that she didn't look amazing then, but, like, she just is, you know, happy and healthy, and I think that that projects through, in a way. So, That's important. Yeah. That's important. Very well, important. what are you doing with all this? How is, uh, and we're going into, I started this podcast, I think, like, four or five weeks ago. I did not think it was going to be like this, um, but we're going, we're turning the corner into month basically month three of of really being impacted when you think about you know as you were you know around there i mean think about carrie pigman having to you know organize a cleaning of the legislative chamber yes i mean that seems like a lifetime ago but it was only like eight weeks ago it does and in watching in in, in watching that from our offices candidly was was strange in itself it was like is this really happening? Is this is this how we're having you know members back here to to have to vote? And you know we kind of wondered at the time that well, well, doesn't it make sense to just wait? They can come back. They have plenty of time. Oh my gosh, we're at the point now, and the budget still hasn't gone to the governor because of what we're dealing with. Can you imagine if the legislature hadn't voted or they had delayed? I mean, they wouldn't have been able to come back to Tallahassee in any sort of normalcy. So uh, hindsight being 2020, it made sense to do it. But yeah, it, it's, it's been strange times, very strange times. Yeah, it is a, um, hold on, I gotta tell, Alexa, stop. It, and this is, this is a hunkering down podcast. So if people, listen, if people pop in in the background, we're not at the studio, I always warn people like, listen, <laughs> you're gonna have the Amazon delivery person come unexpectedly and the dogs are gonna go crazy. So if anything happens, uh, don't worry about that. Um, you know, before I get into like the our our usual slate of questions, I want to talk to you about one topic sure. that's probably I will say it's making me very it's making it's making me a lot of money in the sense that it is providing a lot of clicks to the website right now. Mm -hmm. uh, in my top ten stories, consistently is an update on the vacation rental. Uh, ban essentially uh, that is still in place as this podcast is going um, people and I get tons of emails I, I can't even imagine what you're dealing with 
But I get tons of people like asking me for clarification. Like they're like, should I come down in July 4th? And I'm like, why are you asking me? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but there isn't a lot written on it. It's one of these like tertiary issues, but it's, it's far reaching because there's a lot of people that depend on it for their source of income. Sure. Uh, you know, so give me the rundown on where the vacation rental issue is as we're speaking today, where you think it might be in the next week or so and how, and obviously why you're involved in that issue. Sure. Sure. So I'll start with a third question. It's easiest. Um, you know, we represent Expedia group, which owns uh, verb, Bo, which is the new name, not VRBO, it's called Verbo, and HomeAway. And those two platforms, those advertising platforms, you know, everybody knows that them and, you know, other companies like Airbnb as well. And, and um, we, we've been involved with Expedia for about, oh, gosh, 13, 14 years since we started the firm. And this has been probably one of the most challenging issues because it's not cut and dried, like renting hotel rooms or, you know, what's the rent versus what's the, um, you know, the tax on that rent. This is, it's an issue about, you know, people and personal property because the vast majority of these vacation rentals are second homes or homes that have been purchased. And so they're single family homes and whatnot. Um, I I think the... (laughs) My understanding, at least, the most, the easiest way to explain it is our first stay-at-home order, or I would say our safer-at-home order, had basically the ban on uh, vacation rentals, and, and within it, you know, it allowed, it specifically allowed other lodging establishments to be open and kind of enumerated what those were and, and what they were in Chapter 509 of Florida Statutes, but it did give an exemption for uh, individuals that were first responders or um, in law enforcement. So if you wanted to rent, like if you had, you know, a group of folks coming in for something or whatnot. Um, the, the question I think has come from a lot of people of what does this current order mean? This phase one or phase zero, I'm not sure which one we're in, but the order we're under now because the previous order had an end date of April 30th. This order doesn't. Right. And so I think the uncertainty, you know, it's one thing to have, all right, for 30 days, here's, we know why it's during, you know, spring break. There's largely a lot of, you know, areas that where there aren't a lot of hotels that there are vacation rentals. Think of beach areas like the Panhandle, South Alton County, South Santa Rosa County, where a lot of individuals could say, hey, I'm in New Jersey or New York or wherever. I'm going south. If I've got to be cramped in my house because we can't go out anywhere, I'm going to go to Florida And, you know, you'd argue that they'd come to Florida and they'd be cramped in the beach house in Florida. But I think there was, you know, the governor's been pretty open about his concern, you know, about individuals coming in from sort of hotbed areas and bringing the virus with them. I think what's been confusing about all of it is if you look at the differences between a hotel or motel or inn, bed and breakfast, any other lodging establishment, you have more common areas where people can come in and, you know, they touch a a button to go up an elevator. They kind of come in together in a lobby. So it kind of this fact-based and the data-driven, fact-based, health-driven has been really confusing because I think there's a lot of people who I know advertise on on the platforms I represent that are saying, wait a minute, we're really clean. Here's what we do normally. Here's what we're going to do on top of it. And more importantly, it's really, it, it doesn't make a sense why we're being singled out and treated differently. And so I think that's really the biggest question, Peter, is wondering 
one, why, why one lodging establishment should be treated differently. And two, when, when's it going to change? And I think Memorial day, you know, is a, is a really big um, tipping point for a lot of folks that have vacation rentals, particularly I'll use the panhandle in areas that have summer rentals. You look at areas along 30A and there aren't a lot of hotels. So they're, they're dependent on people coming and staying at, you know, Rosemary Beach, Alice Beach, wherever, and staying in a vacation rental, which includes sales tax revenue for the state, for bed taxes, local tax revenue um, for the county. And then, all, you know, if the people go out within to the community, um, they certainly could go to restaurants that are at 25% capacity. So, you know, we're hoping, crossing our fingers, um, we've been doing a lot of work. I know everybody involved in the vacation rental uh, issue has been talking with um, with the governor's staff, uh, Office of Policy and Budget, his legal staff, and and again, trying to provide factual information to give the governor a level of comfort that, listen, people are responsible. The last thing you want is uh, folks to come to Florida and there be, you know, again, a question about where they're staying, you know, the, the room that they, or I should say the house that they check into, the people before them were not asymptomatic, but they're positive for coronavirus. And all of a sudden the next people, you know, coming in get sick. That can happen in Costco, Sam's, Publix, anywhere we're going in now. It can happen in a restaurant we're going in now. And I think there's a higher level of sensitivity with people who run vacation rentals about cleanliness in general that I think is, 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 just, is just heightened at this point because they can't afford to have that bad review of somebody saying, oh, I checked in and there was food on the counter or there was dust in the bathroom. I know nobody wiped off the counter or cleaned the counter or they walk into the place and it doesn't smell like it's been cleaned. You know, you want someone to check in and go, wow, it smells like bleach in here. I know somebody's been in here cleaning. Can I so I think all, horrible, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Uh, so we stayed out and I love the hotel, but we stayed out at the Don Cesar uh, uh, last week. We had to get out. I mean, it was just, it, it's been two months and, um, you know, they didn't have, here's the thing. They didn't have housekeeping there. They didn't have, you know, any room service or anything like that. And that in and of itself is a horrible situation, but just in the fact, like I was thinking like, so the front end clerk was like the, was also the housekeeper. Wow. Um, and yeah, like they're doing the thing where like there's a gap between when you can uh, stay in one room after another. But I'm just thinking like, again, I don't know why. And I Listen, no one loves a good hotel as much as, you know, me and Michelle. But I don't <laughs> know how you put hotels on this pedestal here, um, you know, compared to, you know, one person really uh, paying attention to their, you know, to their Airbnb. You know, sure. can, and it's like, or, you know, and like somebody brought it up after, like, cause I did write that blog piece saying like, listen, if we're going to let hotels, you got to let Airbnbs, you got to let be our verbos. Am I saying it right? Verbo? You are verbo. You're a cool guy now. Um, even timeshares. I mean, are they, I think they're like kind of screwed over right now too. And I don't know. They're in like a third category uh, of people. Um, and I just, you know, this is like one of those things where I'm like, I think we're doing the opposite of what is best. And it's like, I know everybody's got an opinion on everything right now, you know, yeah. from wearing a mask to, you know, not wearing a mask to everything. But this is like one of those things like, other than the people who are upset with vacation rentals before the pandemic, the people that didn't want them in their, their community for whatever reason, nobody I talk to is like, oh, we're gonna really keep this contained 
if we didn't have Airbnbs. In fact, I would say it's a better, like, like, like I know you're clearly saying, I think it's a better solution than sure. opening up um, a hotel with a limited cleaning staff. Sure. Well, and that, and, and you're spot on, Peter. I think, I think just, you know, you've got an industry for the most part, people who are in this for the business, not just to have a flop house for people to come, you know, rent a room or a, a couch. They, they're, it's incumbent upon them to keep, you know, keep the place up because it's all driven by, if you look on many of these websites or the advertisers driven on what other guests say. I mean, I do that at hotels. If I'm looking on TripAdvisor, I look right. at what other folks say. And if they say, you know, if there's, if there's a post from three weeks ago and it says, yeah, this is really sad. Or if it's six months ago, I might not take it into consideration if there's something better sooner. So yeah, I, it's curious. And I, and I think, you know, I, I think we can all sort of wonder as to why the bigger issue is timing and, and also how to handle it moving forward. And I think there's responsibility, not only for the vacation rental owner or operator, the person who's doing the renting, responsibility for them to have the property clean and ready to go, that there's also a responsibility for the person that comes down, the guest that comes to stay, let that, let them know what the rules of the road are. I mean, if it, if it means leaving, you know, a piece of paper or emailing them, you know, before they check in to say, okay, Florida's in phase one, here's, here's, here's the governor's frequently asked questions. This is what it means. So when you come to Florida, understand that you have 25 percent capacity at restaurants and you have to socially distance it means you have 25 percent capacity at retail establishments and you have to socially distance you know they're recommending maybe they recommend masks maybe they don't but i think telling people what what they should expect when they come to florida don't come to florida and think you're going to run you know run amok i really do think people that come to florida are going to want to do the right thing because they're not going to want to get sent home <laughs> for any reason so maybe it's a cooperative relationship with the people that are renting and letting the people know when they, you know, when they come into Florida, what the expectations are that they're here. I mean, I think some people from the Northeast that are in that horrible weather have been cooped up in their homes. It's, I mean, it's uh, yeah. In, yeah. in the North right now. I mean, I can't like, can you, can, I can't even imagine how much tourists have, we are losing right now because I mean, there's nothing that would be, there's nothing that Danny Young wants more than a snowstorm in the Northeast in May. I mean, that, yep. you know, it just, you want to get people to Florida, um, you know, you do that. And so I just can't even imagine, you know, I think one way we go about it, quite honestly, is like, I, I really love my local sheriff, Bob Gualtieri. Um, mm -hmm. Like, it's a little police steamy. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, like, you're like, you do feel like you are, you know, in a, you know, I don't, it's not it's not egregious. It's not like you know people are wearing M six or uh, carrying M sixteens down the beach. But there <laughs> there is an yeah. you know there's an ATV going by your uh, you know your uh, cabana every fifteen or twenty minutes. And, sure. You know, yeah. I, I'm sure that cuts down on some other fr frivolous activity that people would like to engage in. Uh, yeah. And well, and, and the bad guys, and the bad guys, the bad guys, the bad guys, you know, do you, re do we really want law enforcement on beaches versus, right. you know, being in the streets? But I think there's probably a level of frustration and, you know, your, you know, your sheriff down there is just amazing. And, and I, I wouldn't want to piss off Bob Gualtieri or have to have him walk up on me sitting on the beach instead of walking on the beach. But it is, you know, you've, you've gotten a lot of these orders as a directive to local law enforcement. So think about up in, 
the panhandle, I know Sheriff Ackeston in Walton County, his phone rings off the hook. And it rings off the hook both sides. It's people saying, I want my vacation rental open. And other people saying, oh, my gosh, there's you know a car from uh, Mississippi. There's a Mississippi license plate parked next door. He's going to send out a deputy. And, and again, that's another question of, all right, so when, does, when is there a balance of saying, is this getting ridiculous or does it, you know, does it make sense? I, I think, think that's some actually, certainty, certainty. I think that's a good rule of thumb even outside of a pandemic. If you have somebody next door to you with Mississippi license plates, I would call law enforcement. <laughs> no matter what else is going on. Like that, like we should, there are going to be some changes to society that we continue on out of this. That should be one of them. You see <laughs> You see the, that little rebel flag guy and all that? Call local law enforcement and just have them run a check. And I guarantee you, listen, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get nine out of ten people are gonna be pretty good. But I get you, I'll, I'll bet one out of ten are probably up to no good. And, hey, their their you know, money their money spends the same way. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, all right, so this has turned into the Jennifer Green uh, travel agency show. Uh, oh boy. Um, let's talk. So, you know, I, I, um, I did this with, uh, Nick Rossi the other day. I like promised him like, like a nice, you know, easy interview. And then I'm like, Nick, tell us more about who you really are. Um, and like, all of a sudden he's like, uh, oh, oh, well, okay. And then we went down this road for like 30 minutes. It was a good pod. But, you know, while I got you, you know, sure. you are a, you're a, you know, you're in that top, uh, you know, 20 of, lobbyists who are quoted category um you know nobody beats stepanovich even though he doesn't really lobby anymore but you're always you are you know you're very accessible but you're you're viewed as an industry leader whether it be you know because of your role with FAPL. but i think it's also i think you you hold yourself and others to some pretty high standards um mm -hmm. and i think that that's kind of your that's kind of your bag. Like people know, you know, where they're coming from. And I, I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, one of the things that we've talked on this podcast is like, and it's part of the reason why I did it is, you know, lobbyists are real people too. And they've actually been like, lobbyists have actually done a decent job here in the way that lobbyists can connecting the public with government. Like I had yeah. going on and she's like, well, I kind of, you know, I'm getting calls from just, you know, local business owners who are like, hey, when it, what does this mean I can open up a 25% capacity? When does this start? And they're getting calls like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want a global conversation, but where does the lobbying industry go from here? Because so much of it is based on personal interaction. I mean, it is just, it's not like an Amazon delivery person, but this is, it's not a job you can just do from, the confines of work from home. No, I, I would agree, except for the fact that the people you're contacting are probably in the confines of their home as well. I think this is a unique situation that, you know, we're all scrambling for information. I mean, all we want is to get information. And I, I think that with the exception of a few that are having to be in the capital, a lot of the agencies I know that we've dealt with, people are working remotely. So when you've got a glitch in something or when you're trying to do Zoom meeting with them or you know, I find it interesting looking at some of these folks that I've dealt with. I'll use DEP as an example. There was a group of DEP staff that we had a Zoom call with. And I was just, I was so enthralled looking at 
people's the background, like where what their house looked like, what their yeah. you know, it was like it, it and it really broke I think it broke down some barriers because people would say, Oh, is that a you know, such and such on your wall or oh, did you shoot that, you know, that turkey? Um so I think, you know, that in itself is this time frame, I think we can do it remotely simply because everybody else is in the same scenario. When the Capitol's open and when we have other things going on, no, you can't do it remotely. Um, but right now, I think I think there's so many people that are just hungry, hungering for information. And candidly, I, I, I can't tell you how many times, and I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but that I've talked to people I trust a whole lot in state government and just finally said, okay, am I on a shit list somewhere? Is there a reason why you're not calling back or answering? And, and for the most part, I would say uh, all of them have said, oh, my God, I'm swamped. I'm like, just say, don't know, can't tell you, you know, whatever. I can't, I can't call a client back and go, oh, no, you know, I don't even talk to anyone. I can say I talked to three members of the governor's staff or policy and budget or, you know, someone in, in appropriations or, you know, pick whatever it is and say, Nobody, you know, they just don't know as of yet. And that's okay. That's still an answer. It is. I think part of it is on that part. And I think this is where, again, you all provide this like unspoken value. I don't think people think about the issue. Some of these issues, like this is all new territory. Like think about how the first order got written and rewritten and rewritten. That was because people are like, hey, by the way, if you're doing this over here, that allows that. And you have just, you, you're, you're, you know, water will find a way. And like, I know, I know specifically, like, and this will be what I write on my, um, my gravestone. I know, like, we basically got the cocktails to go order hammered out. Like, we were the only people really to report about it. And it was like, it went back and forth. And Scott Powers, like, was calling for clarity and all this stuff. And like, they're like, oh, well, that's, yeah, that's a good point. They can't do this. And like, you know, they revo- They ended up, remember, they they had that. They walked it back, then walked it back a second time. They kept walking it back to Scott. And finally, they're just like, you know, they were pointing people to our story saying, that's basically our ruling. Uh, <laughs> that's and, awesome. And that's it's awesome. Just like, and I just think about it like it's, you know, there's just a lot of things where people are like, oh, well, we didn't think about like there's a great here's a here's this squirrely thing like so over in the UK right now they put out their rules on the lockdown last night. You can go visit somebody's house if they're selling it, but you can't go visit yet. You know your like you know your old uh, your older relatives. So somebody was just like, well, if my mom puts her house up for sale, can I go visit her then? And so you know you're gonna have all these people in London like artificially selling their house and listing it because that is a way to get around the (laughs) the law. And so there's, you know, people will figure that stuff out. And that's kind of like, I think what is going on with a lot of this. We don't know. We, it's not, we don't know. We just hadn't thought of that exemption yet. Right. And and, and listen, it's just like, it's just like taxes. I mean, CPAs are out there not, not to tell you to, to cheat taxes, but to tell you how to avoid, it's like, what are the parameters? What are, What's the black and white? And and I think the one thing that government, quote, in general, should be happy about is that people are asking the questions because what is it? They want to comply. They want to figure out either how to not fall in that bucket or be outside the bucket so that if 
if they end up getting called on the carpet for whatever they've done, that they're not doing it wrong. I think that's a good thing because otherwise you'd see a lot of places around the state that would just open, would have just opened up their barbershop and, and maybe some did, but open up or do this or, you know, they were specifically told they couldn't be open and then were open and said, okay, what are you going to do? I mean, truly we haven't seen that. And I think that's, that's a big testament to, you know, to our leadership in, in the state is that you haven't had that uprising of people going like what's happening in Michigan, you know, storming the state house <laughs> with uh, ARs and whatnot. But I think people are getting antsy. It's getting to the I, point where, you know, you know, it's really, really, really getting them frustrated. Jennifer, I, you know, respectfully, I disagree. Uh, I do believe people are antsy, but, you know, I think, I think, and this is a great debate to have. It's the debate we're having. I think it's the opposite. I think people are um, like you look at the polling, and I'm. It is overwhelming that people are not ready to go back out there. And I think that you know, for all the people who are, I, I've said again and again, every Republican small business owner can say, "Hey, I need to open my business back up." That's not what's going to do it. It's when there's demand for your, you know, for your small business that's going to have it. I looked at something like Karen Cyphers had a statistic in one of our email, in the last call email. 60% of Floridians say that they're gonna wait at least a month before they get a haircut. Now they theoretically have not been able to get a haircut for you know almost two months. So they're, and a lot of people don't get their haircut every week like I stupidly do. But putting <laughs> all of that aside, that is, that is really like, that is really responsible of people. And I yeah. just feel like, I feel like there is just this, it's so easy to go uh, for the news media to take, you know, video of the 25 people outside of a gym the other day doing push-ups outside of it, asking for it to open up when there's actually 25,000 people who are like, you know what, I'm not going back out. And I will say, I, I just have met more people who are, I, I know more people who are like, you know what, I'm going to give it a few more weeks. There's going to be a lot of people out there moving. I, again, I don't want to say that they're not antsy because they definitely are antsy. But I also, I want to like celebrate how, I just think the biggest hero out of all of this is not the doctors, not frontline responders. It really is the collective action of Americans and Floridians who have like done the right thing overwhelmingly. And rarely do you ever say that, but it seems like 80 to 90% of people have, no, 95% of people have abided by these rules without incident. It's, it's kind of like, where's the purge? Where's the, where's the guy going crazy or something like that? And it there's been some protesters, but I don't know. I, I think it, I think it's a false equivalency there. Yeah. And, and, and I think also too, I mean, you can't assume everybody doesn't, you know, isn't going to just go bananas and go wild. People don't want to get sick. I mean, I, I think there's so many people because they've had to stay at home and candidly just slow down and stop. I mean, you have no other distractions besides your electronic distractions in your family. Um, you have had to stop and you've had to go. You had to think about it. I mean, for the first like week and a half, I didn't leave the house, but it wasn't. I don't know that it was by design. It was like, well, we have enough food. We have enough stuff. I have a pool. I have, you know, my treadmill. I can walk if I want. <laughs> I don't have to go anywhere. But I. I think that, you know, people, people don't want to get sick, but I think they're also to the point where you're probably seeing less and less of, of individuals they know, whether it's family members or neighbors that are getting sick 
and actually passing away. You know, the, the, the scariness of the first couple weeks is not continuing. And, and I, and I do think that, you know, looking at who's, you know, who's healthy and who's responsible. If you're sick, stay home. If you're scared, stay home. If you don't want to go into a certain grocery store because you see the people walking around and they don't have like, you know, disinfectant in their hands and don't go there. Go we, to walked the out of, we walked out of a salon last night. We shouldn't have now in retrospect, we were, we were daring ourselves to go there. And like, you know who it was? It was Ella Joyce. She said, really? yeah, like we walked in and the manager didn't have a, a, a mask on and they took a walk in like without a mask. And we're just like, what the, and like, we're looking around and the staff, it was like splotchy, like there, who had a mask. There was far too many people in there. Uh, and we're like, it was the exact opposite of what it was supposed to be, which was this slow, gradual reopening, you know, 15 minute blocks, that kind of thing. We, we, we walked out and Ella said she was uncomfortable. You know, I will also, and I don't know why I'm making you my, uh, my uh, sparring partner today, but I guess, you know, <laughs> that's what happens when you're the first podcast of the day. Um, you know, I have this other theory and I realize that I've played like this, like boogeyman perspective, but I'm happy with that. I feel like, you know, people, you know, read the stuff, they get scared and they act accordingly. And that's why the mob, like, I, I hate the argument that the models were wrong. I think the models were what they were at that time. Behavior changed them. And now the models have adjusted, but I think another thing that's so weird is, you know, our leadership, our state leadership lives in Tallahassee and that is not representative of the rest of the state in a very different way than almost any other state. It's like you could, Tallahassee probably should not be under lockdown or right. I mean, it's like, yeah, people, yeah I agree. you got great parks, you got a lot of space in between each other, et cetera. And so to, to have locked down Tallahassee, um, you know, it got every, it put a lot of like lobbyists and state agency heads and even some lawmakers that are up there, it put them in like this, like, I think mindset that they shouldn't have been in because, you know, they should not be in lockdown. And they're like, you know what, I can go to the, the Southwood, you know, gas station, there's nobody there. And you're like, yeah, because nobody lives out there. You live in this underpopulated kind of mixed rural communal city. Whereas like yeah. Miami should be in lockdown and Miami beach yeah. absolutely should be in lockdown. And I, I really no. want to go back and write a longer blog post about it, but it, it was the very nature of our, like, like I get in all these fights with all my Republican friends, my Republican lobbyist friends. I'm like, you live on a plantation. Of course <laughs> you be locked down. You're like, you live 20 miles from Tallahassee. There's nothing around you. And you, you live on 12 acres of farmland. I agree. Yep. You should not be locked out. And they're the ones who are on social media and, you know, and are able to influence policy. Um, if everybody lived in Orlando or Miami, they'd be like, no, nope, we're locked down. Right. Right. All right so well, in, in, in a normal, normal scenario. But it's a normal scenario. I mean, people used to make fun of me, my, my friend, my husband, others, when we'd go into, and I won't, I won't say the restaurant, but I would, it would be barbecue, and literally go to <laughs> get the ketchup or the barbecue sauce, and I would pull a paper napkin or out, and I'd put it around the bottle before I'd pour it, and people would be like, ah, ha, ha. I'm like, okay, seriously. People go to the bathroom, they don't wash their hands, they come in, and they pick up the barbecue thing, and they pour it, 
And so basically if you do the same thing and then you, you, you know, put the barbecue sauce down and then you eat a French fry with your hand, you're eating someone's ass. I mean, that's just, it's like, don't ever touch those bottles without something on your hands. And, and I is think that, it's, it's can I true. That my quote of the day, by the no, way, no, 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 that's the beauty of podcast. Like they're not expensive. So that is, no, it, I think behavior, people, listen, people, behavior, if you look at it, I can tell you, you know, if a man haven't been out in Southwood, getting out and walking, the one thing I've done, you know, you're talking about getting real. The one thing I've done is gotten back to exercising and I committed, I was like, I'm going to go bananas if I don't get out and walk or do something. And so literally it's been, you know, four or five days a week. Um, and sometimes it's been six days in a row, depending how stressed I am to get out and just go for, you know, a four or five mile walk around my neighborhood. And when I come in contact with somebody, what's amusing is people like they'll get up onto the sidewalk or they'll, I mean, everybody is social distancing even outside and nobody's like, look, everyone's looking at the other person like, who's going to jump into the grass first? You know, we know we need to do this kind of thing. I think people's I, behavior I, is going to follow. It is. I, and I've said this on other podcasts, so listeners are going to think this is repetitive, but I've hit this again and again, which is you and I are information workers, essentially, and I'm literally reading, I've got CNN, AP, WAPO, Politico, Media Matters, Washingtonian, BuzzFeed open up right now, and I guarantee you the average Floridian is reading none of those, and it's not that I'm better or worse or anything like that, but I have the luxury of reading that while I'm looking at the hardworking, great guys out there building uh, a house down the street. They're not reading Washingtonian today about right. COVID. And so what they are seeing is TV news. And like, I think information people and leaders have, to, I think we get, we become snobs. And we just think that, well, didn't you see in the Wall Street Journal what they said about Austria? <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. no, I don't know what, I'm sorry, Austria, what, what do you mean? Australia? You know, and it's like, and again, that isn't against, like, listen, those guys are great people. They can do stuff, as I can see, with with trestles that I could never do, or trestles or whatever it is you put on top of a house. Um, Trusses. And they're, and, they're, and they're hardworking folks. And they, you know, I guess I feel like part of the virtue signaling from the left is based on, you know, this, like, over-information. I'm like, well, didn't you just see on Bill Maher? They had a story about the child who caught three elbow disease from this. And you're like, no, nobody saw that except you and 600,000 other New York, San Francisco liberals. And, and it's important to you, but the average person has not seen that. And they're, they're probably not exposed to, you know, they're not in New York City. They haven't visited New York City, so they don't know necessarily what that, their relatives are coming from Ohio or stuff like that. And it's just, I, I, I really, I hate the, the the snobbery. I really, I, I know I'm a, um, a, a perp, I know I do it myself, and I just wish, I wish we could back down from that. And like, well, well, the average person right now, what they're worried about, Peter, is can I go buy groceries this week? Am I going to get my unemployment check if I'm unemployed? Or am I going to get that furloughed notice or that pink slip notice from, you know, from my office today or, or what's going to happen? I mean, I, I think about people, the stress that, that people who are at home with kids who don't, you know, mom and dad work, or maybe it's a single parent, but somebody works, kid goes to school and kid maybe has after school care. Well, none of that's happening right now. 
So here's here's yeah. somebody trying to adjust to working at home, which many people are not comfortable with. Okay, so they're adjusting to working at home, trying to get their eight hours plus in. They've got a kid running around. They're trying to sit them down and say, okay, here's the workbook that teacher said you had to finish today or this week. I cannot imagine that level of stress. I mean, I've got two dogs that are like thrilled that I'm home and I think are going to stroke out when I have to leave them home and go back and work and you know, be at the office. But I can't imagine just for the rest of the school year, think about, I mean, you have a little one. You guys, I mean, you all can have, have flexibility, but I'm sure there still is a level of, oh my gosh, I've got to caretake for this child, not just for her health and safety and welfare, but her mind. I have to teach her. I couldn't do algebra right now. Yeah. I couldn't. And- I'm, you know, I saw it, I saw it, uh, I, like, so when I went to get my haircut the other day, because of course I made sure to have the first appointment the moment the salon opened up, um, so that I could get my half inch haircut to four, you know, four tenths of an inch. Um, you know, like we go, and this is like, this, here's another blog post that's coming. We need to establish, we need to remind some folks, um, you know, so you walk in and you talk to the salon person, the stylist, and she's like, well, how's your, uh, how's it been for you? And you're like, oh man, I don't know. Like we, you know, we got Uber Eats and been some great steaks and those cocktails to go are fantastic. I get those right before I jump in my pool, you know, and they're still mailing me my check. And like the yeah. salon person's like, well, the bus doesn't run very regularly. And I, you know, I'm still waiting for my stimulus check. And there's just like, yeah, like you're going to, we're going to be going, like, they're asking us right now, go back out to eat. We're going to go out to eat and we're going to, you know, like who doesn't love talking to their bartender, you know, and you're going to be talking to a bartender who hasn't been tipped in two months and you're going to be like, Oh, have me another dirty martini, which I'm sure I'm going to do. And they're going to be like, I'm going to slice your neck. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about the Wagyu beef you had sent to you while you were in quarantine, yep. while I was trying to get on an unemployment system that doesn't work, I'm gonna you know, put glass in this drink. And I just, we really need to think about how, you know, like tread lightly people, tread yeah. lightly. All right, yeah. this is yep. officially the longest, this is literally supposed to be bite-sized podcast. I, it's not that I apologize uh, because it's fun talking to you. Let me ask no, you yes. my regular question so that I can get them in. Um, when did coronavirus get real for you? Two points. One, I have a niece who is a NICU nurse in New York. And when all of this started and they went into lockdown, she told me she had one mask, one of the disposable masks that she was going to have to use for a week. So literally one of my, um, one one of my employees, um, had a mat, had a couple masks, had a box of them because her mom had, had had cancer and FedExed 10 masks to my niece uh, who works at a, you know, thank God it's a private hospital in New York. But, and, and I said to her, I was like, I know you have a big heart. Do not give those to anyone else. So that's when it got real. Um, the other time was when my church said no in, in, you know, in person yeah. church services. I'm like, what? Wait a second. That was very, uh, you know, and it's great to be a Catholic and have, you know, special dispensation and you don't have to be, and you can watch it online if you want to. But I was like, okay. And it happened during Lent. So that was kind of, that kind of got real from, from the spiritual standpoint. No, it's, I don't want a special dispensation during Lent. I want, you know. <laughs> I want to go to church. Yep. I want, you know, it's been what? It's been two or three months since we've had Holy Communion. 
Yes. Uh, and it's like, and that's going to be, who knows how you figure that out? Like our pastor just like, you know, sent out the message like, Hey, we're, we're, we're looking at reopening inside of CDC guidelines. Um, uh, but it's like, I, I just don't know how, I mean, I don't, maybe you lay, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you do it. I, you know, it's not, it's, it's gotta be done a certain way. And the Eucharist is sacrosanct and, you know, we believe that. And if you don't, you can't, you can't make exceptions for this. This is 2000 years. They've got, you know, they went through the, you know, the plague of what was it? The 1300s and yeah. they had community. Maybe that's how it spread. Who knows? Um, yeah. So um, what was your last normal day like? Hmm. You know, my last normal day was probably towards the end of session um, before things got a little you know, crazy that last week and the extended, it was um, kind of just going back and forth to the Capitol, the normal, um, you know, 12 hour day of, okay, get it, get in the morning, kind of do what I need to do, but go back and forth to the Capitol. And I think that, that would have been probably the end of February, beginning of, uh, of March before we went into those last two weeks. And candidly, the last week of session, we, um, before we even extended, I mean, I had everybody staying at the office. I'm like, unless you physically have to go, unless there's a reason, let's just try to stay out of the Capitol so that nobody gets sick. So I, I'd say it was pretty close to the end of February. Wow. Um, okay. The fun part of this interview podcast is we ask people for a couple recommendations on things that they, other people should be watching. I thought I wasn't going to be hunkering down, but it turns out yesterday scared the daylights out of us. So we're going to go on another probably two and a half weeks of essentially hunkering down. Um, what was scary was not necessarily the nail salon. It was really the, the flip. It's an, it's an aggressively flippant attitude of other people who I'm not wearing a mask and I'm not, I'm not, not walking six feet. I'm not moving, you know, so that you feel better about it. And you're like, dude, come on. Like, why are you right. over me? You know, and right. it's like, like Michelle was at the pet store. We had to get some pets, you know, supplies for the horse and all that stuff. And, uh, all the other animals we have running around this menagerie. Um, and like somebody's like, well, you can get that. And it's like, no, and Michelle's like, no, I don't want to be six feet. And like, like people, like the person wasn't wearing a mask and they were like, they were ticked off. And so it's like, so you've got this like, you know, op polar opposite attitude. And so, you know, you said it earlier, if you don't want to do this and you should stay home, I don't think I should have to stay home. I think everybody should be doing it. And you know, the basics like walking six feet, from each other, maintaining social distancing, wearing masks, hand sanitizer, etc. Just that basic level. Let's open the whole damn thing up. But let's let's at least, or if you're going to open the whole damn thing up, at least maintain these other rules. And these other rules were not being maintained. And so, right, right. I'm just like, you know what? Back to the back to the farm people. So I'm back <laughs> to hunkering down. Uh, and so we ask people. Um, Two or three recommendations on stuff that you're watching or reading, downloading or playing. Anything good you got for us? Yes, and I, I this is I, I'm embarrassed to say, it, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you a list real quick. My absolute favorite at the top right now is Ozark. If you haven't watched season yeah. three, holy crap, it's so good. I finally I finally got to binge on that one. <clears throat> Cheesy stuff. 
Um, you know, if you've not watched Riverdale and kind of that whole series, that's that's good as well. Hold on, um, hold on, hold on. I, don't don't try and slip that in there. All right. First of all, go back to Ozark. I'll agree with you. Season three is really good. But wait a second. Did you just see Riverdale and like did yes! you just slide it in? Like, oh, by yes! the way, no, Tiger King, Ozark, Riverdale. Like nobody's mixing in Riverdale like that. Like you just. Oh my- God, I and hilarious. I binged it, and I just, it, it was good. It was good. Tidelands. Have you watched Tidelands? Tidelands is pretty good. I have not. Um, he is good. Um, I've also, a couple, like, foreign language stuff. This is all on Netflix. Foreign I'm language. I'm the Those... artwork for Riverdale right now. <laughs> I know. It's pretty, it's pretty saucy. Um, the Rain. The Rain. The Rain is, is like, the rain sci-fi. Good? The rain is good. It's sci-fi, and you have to get kind of used to either, you know, watching it in, um, you know, having English you know, subtitles yeah. or, or watching it. That was good. Travelers was really good. I like that one. Um, and any of the ones that are in the line of, like, Versailles. Versailles was really good. Did you watch Versailles? Oh, my God. It was so I, – I thought it was very, very good. Um, I think that's what probably, Netflix does best, actually. I really do. It's not the top – like, yes – like it's really good stuff is is great, but I think what it does really really well is the B level stuff. Like the and it, B level stuff, like it's B plus, and it's like it's Versailles. It'll be like a knockoff of Narcos, but like not Narcos. It'll be like Muchachos or something like that. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like if you like, you know, if you if you yeah. like The Crown, you'll love Versailles, and you're like, eh, well, you know. I don't think the budgets were the same uh, yeah. on the two, but it's good. It's like, you're like, I can either watch Versailles or Real Housewives of, you know, Atlanta. And you're like, you know what? I'll give Versailles a try. Well, and, and a really random just, and you have to, it's, 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 it's sort of an, it's cheesy. Dairy Girls, D-E-R-R-Y Girls. Yes, Everyone, yes, yes. Oh my yes. God, that is freaking hilarious. I've heard that's really, really good. Okay. And you have you have to slow down because they're they're from an area in in the UK and they're just the accent is like really, really strong. Like it is. you have to like you're like they're speaking English and I'm like I still need the subtitles. I don't know what a winky bring, a, a winky bringo disco boom. And you're like what? And you're just like they're like they said that. Like I have to. I'm sorry. This is so terrible. And it's probably racist. I have to put the I have to put the subtitles on sometimes for the wire. Um, and Soprano, like, because it's like, they'll say words, like, either, like, it'll, it's, it's the Baltimore accent, it isn't a white-black thing, and it's the Italian accent, and you're just like, what did they just say? And, like, if you, you miss the, the word, and so, I, I, I leave the subtitles on. That's how old I'm getting. Subtitles are, like, my friend now. I feel very old from, like, I'm turning subtitles on. Brooklyn 99. <laughs> you're like, do you really need that? But you're like, that was what that word was? Or you have to, you, you Google the word, it's even better. But, you know, re- reading stuff as well. But Netflix, you know, when I just like need to literally, it's been a day and I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to read anything. I can't read another article. It's just, <laughs> it's getting something cheesy. And maybe it's Riverdale, maybe it's Versailles, or maybe it's Dairy Girls, but it does give you a break. God, I love River. That's so going to be in the synopsis. Like, I'm going to make sure all the things. We talked to Jennifer about vacation rentals and Riverdale. And so, and have you watched it? Have you ahead. watched it? Yeah, Michelle made me watch that. And what was, um, 
because Riverdale was on at the same time as that terrible vampire. Um, it was like it was a whole block of TV. It was the uh, it was like a Twilight knockoff, but it wasn't. Um, and like Michelle, like I love her to death. She has the absolute worst taste in TV movies. Like she and I, like last night, I'm like, what are you watching down there? It's so loud. She's like, it's the 20th anniversary of, um, oh, what's her favorite movie now that I forget it? Uh, the stage movie. Um, oh, now I feel horrible for not remembering my wife's favorite movie. But um, uh, it was the 20th anniversary of, of it. I'm like, God, that's so horrible that that is what she watches. And I'll come in, I'm like, what are you watching? And she's just like, oh, it's on Lifeform Channel. And it's called, you know, The Verge or something. And it's about seven. And I'm like, this isn't even a real show. Um, it's, just, it's just so, I love the one that she's watching. It's like the Bravo one um, about the house, Summer House. Like that's just, ah. it's just, I'm like, God, you're like one of the smartest people I know. And you just watch, sometimes she'll drive me crazy too, because she'll watch Real Housewives like while we're in bed. And all those women do is yell at each other. <laughs> <laughs> and now when they're in Zoom, all they can do is yell. Like that, there is no other, they're not doing anything physical or like walking around or shopping or, you know, doing one of the dinners or something. They're just yelling at each other. And I'm like, <laughs> it's oh, stuff. please it's, turn this off. Listen, it's a good, dist- it's a good distraction. Center stage. Yeah. That's Michelle's movie. Center, center stage. See, I can't, I can't watch with the exception of like NCIS or, you know, when Madam Secretary was on or even, you know, God friended me, those Sunday night things. I could watch those on a weekly basis, but some of these other things, I got to watch my Netflix. I want to watch the whole series and be done. I don't, I don't, I don't like to wait. I don't do good at surprises. I don't good at, do good at waiting for Christmas or birthdays. I want to like watch, 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 and then it's done. Yeah. You, we, there's no time for that. I mean, I, no. like, I'm bare, I'm barely getting through with the, the Jordan documentary. I'm like, come on, just, just put it, drop it out there. So, okay. Thank you for hunkering down for the longest time. If anybody here, you just passed by, like, I think Weatherford was on for like 50 minutes, but that was like serious policy. And he, I mean, nice. yeah, you just, you just, you just took the, the title. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I hope you're, you, uh, you stay well and I will talk to you later. <laughs>